Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Making Movies is Hard, where we talk about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. What's going on, Ulrich? What's up, Timothy? Making yeah, movies. You're supposed to talk about what's going on. Oh, now. what's going on? Oh, I was just saying what's going on because I like to say that. <laughs> what's going on? Um, what's going on with me? Um, I just did a shoot yesterday for LinkedIn B2B. It was awesome. Um, I sat in a room all day. B2B with... is business to business. Biz... Oh, yeah. You don't know the Silicon Valley lingo, huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> business to business. That sounds terrible. It was. It was a. It would have been fine. But it was like I spent probably seven hours just sitting there doing nothing. It was it was like a 10-hour shoot or nine and a half hours, and most of it was doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's what's going on with me. What's going on with you, Timothy? Well, I have two notes here about things I want to talk about. One is meeting with production companies tomorrow about my director's reel. And then the other is I read a script from a screenwriter and I had to tell the writer I didn't like it. Ooh. Which story do you want to hear? Which well, one? Which one's more interesting to you? I think um, I think you should talk about this the screenwriting one. What you had to tell you did tell them or you have to tell them or what what's going I, on? I did. I already sent Ooh. out an email. So right now I'm trying to find feature scripts, and so I found a writer who had a screenplay. He said he's had a little bit of interest from production companies. So I said, okay, send it to me. Um, and I read it and it was okay. It was fine. I, I actually liked the beginning a lot and then it started falling apart. And then I just, by the end, didn't really like it at all. I was going to ask, did you think that you could, you could work on it with him and, and make it great? Well, that was what I debated for a second was, all right, could I rewrite this? And come out with something that I would feel comfortable directing. And I decided no, that it would take way too much rewriting. And I didn't think that his style of writing was ever going to live up to what I what I needed it to be. Did, but did you get to meet him in person at all and like talk to him about just get to know him and like see if like you had like a working relationship where you think you could collaborate with him on something? Because that was part of the thing when I was reading the screenplay was, do I want to meet this guy? Mm. I was reading through it, I was like, do I feel like this guy has enough talent is such a bad word, but does this guy have enough talent that I feel like it's worth meeting him and opening up a relationship so maybe he'll write something else down the road and we could work together. But I didn't really I wasn't inspired so to meet him. What did you what did your email look like? Was it like long, really short, to the point? It started out really long. Oui. <laughs> and I started I started like citing specific examples of what I thought would make it better. And then I left the email as a draft and I slept on it. And I woke up today and I looked at it and I was like, I can't send him like notes on a screenplay. I'm just going to like keep it simple. I'm just going to tell him like, hey, I really like your premise. Uh, I'm a fan of this kind of movie. I really like the beginning up until this page, but unfortunately after this page, it didn't really work for me. Uh, unfortunately, I have to pass it this time because I think that it's going to take way too much rewriting for this to get into a place where I feel like I could direct it. And I think that it's good enough that you might be able to find another director that connects with your work a little better. So, and that's what I left it at. Let me ask you a question here. 
Um, what yeah. what is what are you passing on? Are you passing on the opportunity to to find funding for the project yourself, or what what was the opportunity like? Where would it have gone if you had said yes? So let's say if it was something that I liked, then I would have met with him. And if we felt like we ha we shared a similar vision to what that screenplay should be, then I would have attached myself as a director and then gone out in the world and tried to find other people that felt the same way about the script and start building the team. Do you think that if you come out, like if you're trying to attach like a producer or, 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 or raise money or whatever with a project, do you think it makes it a stronger project if you didn't write the script yourself, if you're partnering with another writer who might have some other connections or might have like one or two other credits, like even if it's a couple short films or something? Do you think that team aspect makes you more um, appetizing of a project to, to get behind? I don't know. I'm not sure. I've heard people say that the writer-director sometimes can seem like it's a vanity project. Mm. But I don't really know what that means. Yeah. I mean, I think like the reason why that that's all my projects that I have for myself right now are just things that I've written or that I would write and direct. Um, and that's just out of necessity because anything I've read, I, I haven't really found a personal connection to. Or it's been like, like, you know, like a Western that I like that's really crazy but I just can't <laughs> like I couldn't like first movie come on man like you know it'd be at least a ten million dollar project and it's like you know I don't want to try to take that some I don't want to try to take that on as as a first time director for a feature and mm -hmm. I don't think I would necessarily be able to raise that kind of money for my first feature so I'm trying to think like you know I've seen a lot of first time directors make movies where it's like one location like in a house kind of thing like pull them together for twenty thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars. I think that kind of realm is sort of where my first feature would probably come from, just because it's just such a smaller risk. And I think when you're a first time director, it's all about like the risk, you know, and like are people willing to take that risk on? The you? reason I'm I'm talking to writers about scripts that I didn't write because I've been working on my own scripts for a long time, and I always was kind of like you, where I thought that. I was only going to direct movies that I wrote. But I I have a theory that if you do something that's good, then people just kind of naturally hop aboard it and it'll it'll st start to gel. And after all the screenplays I've written and sharing them with people, I just felt like nothing was ever really happening mm. and no one was ever really I, I didn't feel like I wasn't really inspiring people to want to work with me. Mm. And so uh, and I also felt like when I got notes on things, it was hard because it was only me that was coming up with ideas and generating material. And having a partner, I've always found, whether it's a producing partner or a writing partner or what have you, just somebody to bounce things off of really, really helps me. And so finding a script that already exists from another writer is attractive right now because then it's not all up to me to generate stuff and right now I don't really trust myself to generate something that's great right after spirit machine <laughs> <laughs> so people I mean uh, Timothy has been telling me about this project the spirit machine since I met him a few months ago and uh, 
you know, I haven't really seen anything but what's online from this project, and it, everything I've seen looks amazing. The concept art looks amazing. <laughs> everything I've heard about this look, looks amazing, and then the only thing Timothy will tell me is that it, it sucks and it's terrible, <laughs> and that uh, he didn't make the movie he wanted to make. And I'm just every time he says it, I'm like, you're wrong. I'm sure it's wonderful. I can't. It's wait not to see even it. that I. No, it's not even that I didn't make the movie that I wanted to make. I just didn't tell that story well. Like I, I look at, I thought I was so convinced that that screenplay was like bulletproof. Like there was, it was going to be <laughs> awesome no matter what, even if like the visual effects were a little cheesy or something. I'm like that. Don't worry. The story's strong. Start with the best story. Right. Yeah. Right. But now that I'm done with it and I, and I know where all the flaws are to me, I completely failed at telling that story and I would never tell that story the way I did. And so now like, I don't, I kind of don't trust myself to, to generate something 100% from scratch because partly because of that movie. But isn't that true from like almost every project? Like wouldn't you say like when you're done directing a movie or writing a movie or or even producing a video, whatever it is, like wouldn't you always go back and do it differently um, if you could do it a second time? Like I kind of feel that way about most everything yeah, I do. Yeah, of course. So, so I mean – I think you're just experiencing like maybe an intensified version of what we all experience always. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's just like finding that, that other, that premise, that story idea, that, that kernel that you just are in love with and just slamming your, your pen back down on the paper and just seeing what comes out, you know, maybe, but that takes a lot of work. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny, like I think, um, cause you've been telling me about, you know, searching for a writer and partnering with writers, since last year, you know, and uh, I mean, I think you're a little bit further along than you were when we last, you know, when you started. But I think it is it taking longer than you thought it was going to to find a script, or is it about what your expectation was? Um, no, because I feel like I already have two scripts with other writers that I really, 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 really like. Mm. And so part of it's not even just finding something that I I like, but also is diversify the word. I'm, I'm trying to create as many opportunities as possible and not put all my eggs in one basket. Mm. So you have multiple projects that you're shopping around right I now. Multiple projects that I'm trying to find more because everything's kind of in a different stage right now. So I have one screenplay that's being written. It has a producer attached. I have a writer that I'm working with currently on like finishing that screenplay. Then I have another screenplay with producers attached that I have to convince to let me direct it. And I need to convince them and I need to convince the writer to let me direct. So that's a whole other problem that I'm solving. Mm. Then I have Spirit Machine, the feature film, which I've been writing that screenplay. Now, as it stands where that screenplay is and me working on it, I think I, I'll be able to get into a good place, but the problem is that it's way too expensive oh, for yeah. me as a first-time filmmaker. Right, right. And so for me to uh, hardcore pursue Spirit Machine just seems really unrealistic to me. Yeah, well, that sounds like a good, a good way to go about it, you know? But I think, like, what I've talked to other people, and I, and I ask them, like, you know, what kind of project should I be focusing on now, and, like, what should I be, you know, looking at for my, uh, my first feature? And, you know, so a lot of people say, like, the one that you're most passionate about I think but I think that what that means is less about focusing on just one project and more about don't don't compromise your next step for what you think is going to be the most sellable 
it's like you you shouldn't anticipate what the market is going to want. I think is what that advice is telling you. Yeah, but at some point you're going to have to to pick one and push that one forward. You know. Yeah. Like at some point, and it'd be interesting. Like I want to hear from you. Like at what point that is? Like when that happens? Like which one? Like what? What is the the factor that shifts you towards the other project? Is it purely somebody who's like, oh wow, I can I'll give you X amount of dollars in, for that project when you get to this point, or you know, I'm I'm curious. Or is it just an internal thing where you just like you just wake up one morning and you're like, we really believe <laughs> in this other project, or you read a new draft and it's like it just this makes you cry and you're like, bam, that's the one. You know, it'll be fascinating to find out how it works. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen yet. Um, so what we have on our paper here is the myths of finding success, which this is really fascinating because I think when we start making movies, like you have all these, these, uh, plans and these ideas and these dreams uh, associated with that project. So, uh, you want to talk about what it was like when you made your first movie and like where you thought you would go with that project? I have to kind of think about what do I define as my first film and I'm choosing the first film I made outside of college. When we decided to make that movie, my dream was that we were going to enter festivals, we're going to win awards, that it's going to open doors to to making bigger films, that it was going to get me an agent, all those things, all the things that you kind of dream about. And what movie was that? It's called Re, R-E. And it was me and a bunch of friends that met at work at the advertising agency that I work at. And um, I wrote it. Another guy directed it. I ended up producing. And we shot it for, I think, $500. Nice. And we were really confident. You know, like, we can totally pull this off. You know, we have camera equipment. We're, we're like, working professionals. We're going to do it. And we made it in some really small festivals. We got turned down from, like, every big festival. Um trying to think what the names of them were it's like the san francisco frozen film festival and the tiburon film festival nice. are the two that i remember and no one was in the audience i think when i saw it at tiburon it was me my mom and dad the dp and maybe like two other filmmakers it's like in the middle of the day in the middle of the week and yeah. then the san francisco frozen film festival i think had more people but it wasn't a great film festival experience. I just remember not really knowing what to do with it. It was just kind of like, yeah, well, I went and watched my movie at a movie theater with people and didn't really know what to do after that. So nothing happened with that film. It just kind of ended there and died there. Yeah. Well, that's a very common experience, I think. Yeah. No one called me. No one asked me <laughs> about my film afterwards. Uh, my life just kind of stayed the same. Yeah. But I learned from that film and I learned from that film festival experience because the next time I went to a film festival, I kind of knew what to expect and I leveraged that experience a little better. Yeah. I mean, that sounds a lot like, you know, a smaller version of what, what happened with me with Strange Thing because, you know, I made other movies before that and other movies that I thought were great, but they didn't get into any film festivals or anything. And I only submitted to like, what I thought at the time was a lot, as in five, you know, um, but uh, which I learned later isn't a lot at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, you go to a film festival and, and if you've got 10 people in the audience, I mean, that's a good audience for most film festivals, you know? Um, but I mean, I didn't know that at the time. So when I showed up to my first film festival in Boston for a strange thing, um, got there, it was the, the day before my screening and we, we were, it's at this big theater in Somersville, uh, which is a small town in Boston. And it's at like a, you know, a, a theater that kind of looks like the Grand Lake Theater or the Castro Theater, like this big, awesome theater. So you're walking up to it, you're like, oh, really excited. And then you see that there's no posters for the film festival in the posters. It's just for regular big movies. And you're like, okay. And then you go in and then you see like <laughs> the tiny little small film festival um, poster just taped over the big poster <laughs> and you're like oh yeah. okay so I'm in the right place alright okay and then you go in there and then you see the tiny little line of, of hardcore fans waiting to get in and we were waiting in line and um, somebody comes out from back of the room and you know there's a big door to the main theater and I was like wondering like, are we really going to that main theater but it didn't really seem like we were and then somebody runs from around the corner and they're like does anybody have a PS3 here and you're, I was like what and uh, apparently what, what had happened is they had made this Blu-ray of all the short films, but it was a, it, it wasn't a, um, it was a data Blu-ray. It wasn't a play now Blu-ray. So their Blu-ray player wouldn't play it. And then they got a PS3 and it wouldn't work and they couldn't get it to work. And so they basically ended up having to just play everything off of Vimeo links. And uh, there was like, I think 20 shorts that were supposed to play the afternoon and they only were able to play five and um the the two of the ones i got to play were filmmakers who came one from la and then one from toronto um who were there and they had little flash drives so they played them off the flash drives and um you know so many movies didn't get get played and i don't know if they ever got played at the film festival and so like i'm sitting there my film's playing the next day and i'm just like i came up to boston all the way for this like my movie might not even play like there's 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 12 people in this tiny little basement theater that's like underneath the main big theater you can hear the sound from the main movie above the little tiny movie and um so i was a little disenchanted but like you know my screening went well and like i had you know there was probably 30 people in the audience for that which i thought was like small but okay and then i learned later that that was like probably one of the bigger audiences uh for the film festivals <laughs> i went to um yeah. but i think I, what i learned from that was that and so that was a long story, but what I learned was that that's what it is, you know, and there's a lot to be gained from that. Cause like, you know, I met all these wonderful filmmakers from that experience. Some who I actually have actually both of, I stayed in contact with. And one I had lunch with in LA, um, over the summer, um, you know, and we've shared emails and back and forth and he's actually, um, I think he has a manager now or he was uh, in talks with a manager, but you know, so it's, it's been fantastic. And, you know, I think as long as you're setting your, your, your expectations right, you're off to a good start. But, I mean, to get back to the question, yeah, my goal was, yeah, like you said, agents, uh, managers, you know, like phone calls and pearly, the, the, you know, the gates being opened. And, you know, I think the reality was not that at all. But it, it was a lot of connections and it was a lot of uh, good experience. But, yeah, I mean, you know, after Strange Thing has all been done, it's like, I'm I'm basically right where I started, but maybe with a little bit more, more knowledge of the whole the whole experience. That's that's what I've learned with each film that I've done. That if you focus on the outcome, you're going to be disappointed because probably nothing's going to happen. You're just going to end up back where you started. 
the only thing you get out of it is that you get stronger and that with each film you make you get better and with each experience you have you get better and that's kind of where I'm at now is that my goal now is less about getting the fame and acclaim the agent the the business deal and it's more just like getting better at making movies and each film that I do now has a very specific goal of like what I'm trying to do so the last movie I did over my dead body I was really just focused on performance I really just wanted like really good performances for my actors and I also wanted to play with the with tone I wanted to see how I could mix comedy and horror and like where the line was and like how far I could take it and to me the success comes from did I achieve what I was going for or not and less about our audience is going to like it is it going to make it into festivals is it going to open any doors for me I mean you know I feel like uh, when going into my next project because like basically after Strange Thing I thought it was going to be a feature was my next thing and then after you know seeing what other directors like you you included like I met you during this process and um, you know seeing that you've had multiple short films that you've made and other directors have multiple short films that they've made I was like you know what like I think I'm ready for a feature and I think I could do it but why not try to challenge myself and tell another story um, that that has some different aspects to than my previous short film you know like so the things that I was yeah. going into it were like yeah I wanted it to be more dynamic like more locations because I was I was basically you know in a, in one apartment and then in one um, in a park so my next short right. has like a ton of locations and then my biggest thing was trying to find um, a, a, a talent like a star who had some some sort of fame or some sort of notoriety to, to him or her um, like either Twitter followers, you know, um, some sort of career of some kind or even movies that they'd been in. So I actually was lucky enough to get, um, a comedian by the name of Capone from New York. Um, what's the thing? It's like every, everything you do just like sets, puts the step for the next level. Right. And like, if you keep adding steps to it, eventually you'll get somewhere greater than where you started. So right. you, you can't expect you can't expect that you're just going to kind of like bypass everything and go like straight from the bottom to the top that you have to imagine that there's going to be levels that you have to reach at least for most people. Maybe some people are like super smart and the first film out the gate is going to be awesome. But I think for most of us, like 99% of us, the first thing we ever do is going to be shit. Right. And it's going to take a long time for us to make something that's good. And uh, I love, in a rebel without a crew the robert rodriguez book he talks about how every director has 10 bad movies in them and the goal should be to get those out of you as quickly as possible mm. and I, yeah I, I, I agree with that yeah i mean you know we both have made a lot of movies before we made our uh, you know the shorts that we mentioned i think at least you know i did like a bunch in college and then you know before that yeah, and in stuff high school too. yeah i started when i was 13 well, those are really bad movies. <laughs> I, re- I remember thinking how good my senior year in high school short film that I made with my friend was <laughs> and how it was going to completely blow everyone's <laughs> mind. And we the whole, the yeah. whole, I think the whole school was there and we played it in front of everybody at this event. And it was like no applause. 
And then we were just like, <laughs> like are you kidding? You need those experiences. Like, you guys now. don't, like, it's sort of like we were almost feeling like. You blame like the, other people for like, not getting like it. Like, you guys are idiots. Like, oh, my God, this is so progressive. And we, we had, like, a homosexual lead character, protagonist, you oh, know, and wow. it was sort of a reveal. Edgy. And we thought we were going to, like, completely blow people's minds. And No. <laughs> It took me a while to grow out of the phase of thinking everything I did was awesome. Right. It took me a long time. Like I did a, so many movies where I was like, I am so good, man. I'm so good. Even though people didn't like them for some reason, <laughs> I was still convinced that I was so good. And then eventually I got to the point where now I just think everything I do is the worst. And I think my movies are better <laughs> because of that. I think right. you have to, I think you have to kind of get to the point where it's no longer I'm trying to think like when you first make a movie, you're just trying to make a movie to make a movie and you're kind of proud of yourself for just like pulling it off, like making the movie part of it. But like once you've achieved certain, le- certain things that at first seem unachievable, then it just becomes kind of like a regular thing. Like shooting a movie is like, great. I know I can shoot a movie. I've done it before, but then what's the next goal that you have and until you reach that level where the goals are are a little bit more unobtainable then you're you're going to kind of think that your stuff is great but once it gets to that unattainable part then you're always going to kind of fall short of your expectations right and i and i think that that helps you grow and get stronger because it's it's just like working out like working out your muscles like until you feel like your muscle fatigue they're not going to grow any bigger right well, I, no. I think I think what you, something that you said is is good to just to to mention or focus on a little bit more. Just like, you know, if you're not challenging yourself, you know, to make something that, like, if you knew that you could make every movie that you try to make, there's almost no point to make that movie. Like, you you don't want to. For me, at least, yeah, like, this, I want to try to challenge myself. At this point, myself. I feel that way for sure. But I, I didn't feel that way always. No, but I mean, I don't. In some ways, I would I would pick movies that I knew I could pull off just because it was. It's probably you know it's easier to do stuff that you know you can do. Right. It's good to have some sort of like crazy bit of ambition, and I don't necessarily even think I'm aware of it until after I started the process, and then I realize how crazy I am for trying to pull something off. Um, and I think it'd be better to to fail on something that's a little bit more lofty than it is to like succeed in something that's like, you know. Like, oh, is somebody putting a sandwich together, you know, or whatever. Like, I, I would have told you that same phrase three years ago. Yeah. But now, but now, now you're a little bit lofty. Yeah. But now that I'm failing at something lofty, I'm like, I don't know. But I don't, I don't think you I don't think you are failing. I think you feel like you're failing. But I think that's that's natural. But I think when you have it done, like, you know. People are going to be like, oh, wow, look what you look what you're able to pull off on this low of a budget. Wow, that looks like a million dollars. You know, you know, if you are just completely starting out, like you don't want to try to like, you know, make the evil dead or something where with all these practical effects and everything when you you know, haven't even like been able to just do a basic story. But I don't know. I think it's yeah. also some of the fun too, playing with squibs and whatnot and all that stuff. I think you have to just kind of be like super ambitious and and prove to yourself that you can't do something really awesome and amazing for you to kind of like go back and be like, all right, what do I need to work on? Mm-hmm. What what should I just focus on? Like and like break it down into smaller steps because I think when you first start out, you kind of tackle everything, 
And you think like, I'm just going to take it all on. It's all mine. Give it to me. Right. And then when you can't take it all on, then you start figuring out like how to do it and break it into smaller pieces, getting either more people to help you out. So you can just focus on as a director, focus on performances and, and get the, get the production designer to like, just focus on what the set looks like and get the cinematographer that you can trust to like make everything look beautiful and shoot the footage. But if you're like trying to control everything, it's really hard to keep a production together. Right. And I think it's good though. Cause then that, when you start expanding with your crew, like then you start, you start to learn how it's done on the, on a, like a more professional scale or on a larger level, you know, when you start working with more folks. And I think that's a really good learning experience as well. Cause once you start, you know, going outside of the, you know, you and your friends or you and like three or four other people, I think it starts to get to a different type of thing, you know, which, you know, I think yeah. is really interesting. And I think it, like that revelation as a, as a filmmaker is, is kind of an important one to realize. It's like, a great one, but I don't, I don't recommend anybody try to bypass all the learning experiences and just go straight to like, let me just put a bunch of money in and hire a crew and it's going to, I'm going to be able to produce something like really awesome and spectacular. I think you kind of need all those really down and dirty productions where you're doing everything, where you've like written it, you're directing it, you're shooting it, you're editing it, you're producing it. I think you need those experiences and to fail at those experiences to really appreciate what goes into it. So then when you do work with a producer and you know what it's like to put something together, you can like empathize with them. Have you ever heard of Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule? Yeah, I hear that. I I think about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I totally believe in that. So the, the idea is that it takes roughly 10,000 hours of practice to achieve mastery in a field. Right. And I think for most people that equates to roughly 10 years. I've also heard it called like the 10 years of solitude or something mm-hmm. like that. Anybody who's done something really, really great has usually had a period of time around 10 years where they've just been working in isolation and then they've, they've gained the skills to do something good. And I think you need that time to kind of like grow as as a filmmaker. One of the things that I, I, I try to always do, and I think I do a pretty good job at is just looking back at the projects that I've done and like saying, okay, like what did I do wrong? Like what will I do differently next time? Like how am I going to learn from this experience? You know? And I see other filmmakers sometimes who who don't like to acknowledge the mistakes. And I think yeah. acknowledging the failing and acknowledging the mistakes is extremely important because, you know, if, you, if you're willing to do that, then you're going to be able to grow and learn on the next project and the next project and the next project. And I think it's, it is like that 10,000 hour rule. It's funny. It sounds daunting. And I think if people don't, think about it as much as like, okay, well I have to log in my 10,000 hours, but more, <laughs> but more think about it. Like, okay, well yeah, I want to be, a, I want to make movies like, okay, I'm just going to make movies, you know? And yeah, it's going to take me time and it's going to take me a lot of movies, but I really want to do it. So I'm just going to keep doing it until eventually I make something that people res it resonates with people. And, and that's the time when you're going to get the agent and you're going to win the, the awards at festivals you have no control over that so why even worry about it just right. make the best movie you can make so and when, if you and if you keep doing that eventually you'll get there yeah and so when you, you know we talk about what's the goal now that i've made my first film and what was my goals then right. and now what's my goal now with filmmaking and making films it's like okay my goal is for people to see it as many people as i possibly can get to see it that's what i'm trying to do and that's also i'm trying to learn 
um, from from each film I make. So like that's basically not my new goals with each project that I do. And I mean, you know, I I'd, I'd wish that every movie that I made was a movie that I directed, but that's not going to be the case. Like you know, when you approached me when we b- barely knew each other. And you're like, well, do you want, would you produce this movie for me and I'll direct it and, you know, we'll work on it together. I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I haven't made a movie in a long time and I want to make movies. So what better way to learn how to make a movie than to, to produce one for somebody else? You can only get so far on your own. And if you're trying to learn how to make films in a vacuum, you're only going to be able to push it so far and you need to be around professionals that know how to get it to that next level. Yeah, I think any way you can be around um, movies being made, videos being made, stories being told uh, visually, you know, I think you're going to learn. As long as you're you're trying to learn and you're willing to learn and you're willing to, to take it all in. Because I think a lot of people like, you know, you'll you'll go out and you'll PA on, on this commercial or this movie or whatever. And I think, you know, you could be learning a million things, but I think some people get so down on the fact that they're a PA that they don't necessarily capitalize on that learning experience because they're just like, poor me, I wish I was doing something else. And it's like, you know, like, look where you are. Like, look where you're, you're at. Like, you know, suck it in man (laughs) or, or woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, completely. So I don't know. Do we, do we really uh, clearly define the festival myth and, Hitting it big with your f- first film screenplay, I think we did. Cause, yeah, you know, I think this is something that we'll probably continue to talk about. I think we both have really strong feelings about it, and like what festivals yeah. are good for, and like this whole myth that we're told. Uh, you know, kind of growing up, dreaming about making movies and hearing success stories of people like Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, who on their first film seems to have kind of like succeeded. Yeah. I mean, I have friends who constantly reference that like, Oh, this filmmaker already had this many movies done by our age or this filmmaker had this many movies done by our age or, Oh, this filmmaker made their first movie at this age. And I think you can play that game for the rest of your life and whatever you're doing. But I think, you know, what you just need to do is just keep on making movies and not, and not let age or time or the way that you went about it really you know affect you because there's people who are like in their 50s who are first-time filmmakers who are out there making features and it's like so you're gonna i mean they're doing it why can't why can't i do it i'm 30 why you know why can't you do it you're 40 it doesn't matter you know like anyone can do it do you have a tip for the week timothy are you you still refusing to play this game with me uh come on the tip of the the game the tip of the week it's important just to keep making stuff and work on your skills. Action creates a reaction. So without action, it's just potential energy that you're wasting. Use it or lose it. Awesome. I love it. And for me, I'd say take in all the advice that people give you. Um, but, you know, in the end, like go with your gut as long as your gut tells you to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. That's episode two. Thanks for listening. Uh, find us on iTunes. Give us a like. Share it with other people. Send us a comment. You can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Plain. You can follow me on Twitter at Ulrich B. And, um, yeah, find Strange Thing on Vimeo. And do you want to promote any of your old short films right now? Uh, we're highly Googleable, so you can just search my name and you can find all my shit online. 
I just watched Loan, Timothy's Loan. So, oh, I don't know if that's out there. It's not out there, is it? Uh, it's not. Watch my man's best friend then. Watch man's best friend. That's, <laughs> watch man's that's best out friend. there. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's great. Thanks. All right, have a good one. All right.